On behalf of the National Public Housing Museum, we thank you for tuning into our oral history audio listening series, Out of the Archives. In each episode, we will share a diverse range of stories told by public housing residents from our oral history archive. Each episode features a different theme, which responds to the museum's mission to preserve, promote, and propel the right of all people to a place where they can live and prosper, a place to call home. Stories make up the backbone of any culture. They tell us who we are and where we are from. They create empathy and understanding, and they allow us an opportunity to share our experiences and learn from the words of others. The stories in our archive lift up the voices of an oftentimes marginalized community and create a space for important conversations to happen. In this episode, entitled A Change of Season, Resident Adaptation and Resilience, you hear about the changing of Chicago's Little Italy neighborhood over the years, finding housing in a big city like New York, and more. The storytellers for this episode include Alderman Walter Burnett Jr. of Cabrini Green, Ida Brantley of the Abla Homes, Liz Torres of the Amsterdam Homes, and Ned Lufrano of the Jane Addams Homes. The story spanned from 1938 to the present day. Liz Torres. My mother worked in a factory. She worked two jobs, actually. She always had two jobs. And uh, my father was not well. He, he, was, he had physical problems, and he worked as a handyman, but he was a very, very brilliant man, poor thing. And, um, and we were very, very poor. And my grandmother lived with us, and we moved into the Amsterdam houses, which was uh, um, a couple of blocks away. And my mother always thought it, that they were beautiful because they were, it was a, like a neighborhood. Or a, it was so pretty, and they were pretty when they were first built in, back in the day. Um, she thought, we'll never get in there. We're, we're Puerto Rican and Venezuelan, and we'll never get in. And she didn't speak English. She spoke French and Spanish, but she didn't like English. She said that English sounded like ar, 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 ar. And, uh, and she thought it was a savage language. <laughs> and she never learned it. And she had me trans. I was. I'm a simultaneous translator. I always thought I could work at the UN if if push comes to shove. And um, and uh, so she applied, and uh, and we we got in. And she was so happy. But they wouldn't. Get, they we had two bedrooms. That's all they would give us because. Um, my grandmother wasn't considered part of the family. Uh, grandmothers, you know, in the American culture, we, you know, black people and Puerto Ricans and we and and Asians, we we don't throw our old people out. We keep them so until they die. So that's the custom. But in the American culture, you there is you know homes and nursing homes and assisted livings and all of that and. So even here at Belmont, if you look around, I'm the only Puerto Rican in the group, and there's one Mexican lady. Um, she's very wealthy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the majority of people are, we just don't throw away our old people. So in the housing projects, they didn't allow for grandparents. They just for the immediate family. So I got a room, and of course my grandmother had the private room, and I slept in the sofa in, in the living area. <laughs> and, um, and that's how we lived in the, in the housing projects. My name is Walter Burnett, Jr. 
When we used to go to the basement, we used to step. We've been stepping, we used to go and we used to have stepping in the basement in 9-11. Then we used to have stepping in, um, we used to have stepping in, um, at St. Joseph uh, High School. They had a big gym over on um, Hill in um, Orleans. So we used to go stepping there. Uh, we used to go stepping at the Germanian Club every once in a while over there on uh, Clark, right off of North Avenue. And we used to have these big stepping contests. Sometimes people would come from all over to, to compete from the west side, south side. It used to be west side versus south side, west side versus north side. Uh, we all used to wear old man suits, so we used to go to, it used to be this place on Chicago Avenue called the White Elephant. Uh, we used to go there and, and buy, uh, it, was a, it was a thrift store, so we used to go there and buy old man suits, wear pointy shoes, skinny ties, big hats, right? You know, and, and everybody would get dressed up, you know, everybody would get their hair processed, we called them perms, and we all get dressed up to just go and dance. And, you know, it's funny because some of us, you would dance with women, but when the real competition came, it'd be a guy and a guy, you know, two guys dancing against two two guys, and you know, and everybody got their different styles, and you know, we used to have a good time, man. My name is Ida Brantley. If I hadn't never um, gotten pregnant, got stranded out there, I would have never had came to uh, uh, CHA because I was afraid of they call it housing, the projects, I was afraid. So I had to find me a place to stay, so they uh, told me to fill out an application for me and my son. So I stayed with my brother on 1111 Roosevelt. That was the first time of me introducing myself to the projects. So I, I, they called me, CHA called me. And told me they had an apartment for me, but they had it in Cabrini Green. No, I don't want to go in Cabrini Green. I'm already skating. So I turned it down. Then they tell me, you turn it down, we're going to put you at the end of the waiting list. That's fine. I ain't going in Cabrini Green. Find me something else. So the lady called me a week later. She found an apartment over here in Abla. 1520 West Hastings. 14th floor. I said, can you get something small down on the lower floor? She said, no, that's all I got. Okay. Me and my son, we moved in a beautiful one-bedroom apartment, and it was big. The idea was getting to the 14th floor when the elevator was broke. Okay. So I did that. I'm moving right along. And by the way, I am on public aid. So then I have to go down and visit them and do all of this stuff. I And I get this kid down there. So they fixed the elevator. Me and my son walked down. He was four years old and he fell and broke his hip on CHA property. So I got to carry a 40-pound key and a 40-pound cast up to the 14th floor. I said, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. So I argued with them, and they gave me an apartment right over here in the Rises. And that's how we came to Abla. 
We came 15, 20 here. Thing was hard because it was scary when you didn't know anybody and you didn't have no uh, means of support that was a positive. Public aid seemed like they wanted you to do all this stuff and talk to you in the kind of way, and that was, that was scary. I didn't have nobody to talk to. Uh, uh, my family was doing them, and we was, I was just out there, so I said, oh, there got to be a better way. I need to know somebody. So when my son became, he went to uh, Head Start. And then he went from Head Start to Medea School, right over here on 14th Street. So when he went there, I started taking him. So then I started sitting and waiting to see what's going on. And, and I said, okay, I can, I, can, I can do this. Every day I would take him, I would leave and go home and do nothing. But then I, I wanted something to do. So I talked to the principal. And she said, yeah, you can volunteer here. Be a parent volunteer. I became a parent volunteer, become the LAC president of the school. And she said, you go back to school, you could work here. So I need to go to Malcolm X for childcare. But I graduated a whole different other thing, dialysis, because they didn't have the classes I needed right then. So instead of me walking away, I got something, because I knew I wasn't coming back to register for school. And I never did get the child care, but, but I got an associate degree in dialysis. It, uh, my internship was at VA hospital. So I never got a job in it, but I had the certificate and still got it. And so having a place to lay your head and your kid with some was was uh, um, a big load off my mind. Sure. We we had a place that it was just the two of us, and then we knew got to meet some people on that floor, and it was a place of security, protection from the cold, from the elements, from whatever bad was out there. My name is Ned Lafrano. Uh, I, I think public housing has had many different stages. And when I lived in the Jane Adams Project, uh, we really didn't know of being public housing. It was just where we lived. It was our home and we grew up there. And I know public housing has changed tremendously over the years and what's happened to it. But as far, as far as my own personal experience, it was just our home and a place to live. We, we always felt we were fortunate to live there. And I, I felt no stigma about living in public housing. Uh, when I left, uh, when we were in grammar school, naturally there was no snake, but we were all the same. When I left, I went to Marshall High School, which was on the west side of Chicago, predominantly Jewish school. And uh, I didn't feel there was no stigma there either, living in the, in the Jane Adams Project. I, for four years, I had to take the Roosevelt Road streetcar to Kedzie, Kedzie to Fifth Avenue, and back again. But it, it, the, the kids there, they, they were, we were all poor. Even the kids who grew up who didn't live in the project, who grew up on the west side, they were all poor. And, you know, 
I've always felt that there's an advantage to growing up poor. Mm. I really have. I, I think we all learned at an early age that no one was going to give you anything. And if you wanted to be a success in your life, you had to get off your fanny and get to work and do something for yourself. Otherwise, you weren't going to. And I have no greater pleasure these days. I, I told you before, I have dinner every other month with 15 guys. All of us who grew up had zero when we started. These guys all ended up as doctors, lawyers, businessmen, all made wonderful lives for themselves. And I always attributed that to the fact that we all grew up poor and we knew that we better get ourselves an education, better get ourselves to work, otherwise we're, we weren't going to make it. Once again, the NPHM thanks you for listening to this episode of Out of the Archives. This series is supported by the Institute of Museum and Library Services, the Illinois Arts Council Agency, Illinois Humanities, the Kresge Foundation, and the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. This episode was engineered by Seth Engel at Palette Sound. We'd like to give one last huge thanks to our storytellers, Alderman Walter Burnett Jr. of Cabrini Green, Ida Brantley of the Avila Homes, Liz Torres of the Amsterdam Homes, and Ned Lufrano of the Jane Addams Homes, as well as the members of the museum's oral history corps and the other Chicago oral historians who helped to gather these stories, including Shirley Alfaro, Francesco De Salvatore, Ashley Jefferson, and Shakira Johnson. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to sharing more stories with you next month.